honors. Yep. Because last time I tried this, it launched. Yeah. Up. Last it time you did this, it, it hit the ceiling, and I think it put I, a it dent. Put a dent in your friend's yeah. <laughs> apartment ceiling. He was very gracious, but. <laughs> No, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> yes, you can. Come on. I have weekly. Be a man. Be a man. Do it. Baby hands. Do it. Just do it. Just twist it. Yeah, just grab it long and twist it. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's already sneaking fluid. Hold on, hold on. Sneaking this fluid gas. Oh, oh, that was so lame. We were popping champagne. And I it know. Didn't work. I know. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh, you have the sound effect. Yes, I have the sound effect. Hang on. If you, if we kindly wait. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad we're prepared. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're automatically prepared, yeah. Mm-hmm. We could just do this in post, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're right. <laughs> this is a great way to start. <laughs> Everyone quiet. Okay, that's an ad. We'll wait for the ad. <laughs> Everyone quiet. Quiet, let's cool the game do their thing. No, because they're not your favorite residuals. <laughs> You're right. Okay, we're not at 30 seconds yet. Okay, no. all right. Yeah, all right, 15. All right. 100 episodes. episodes. Come on. Celebrate. Celebrate. We're not there yet. Oh, it's unbelievable. All right, I'm pouring the champagne. All right, I'm going to fade out on this one. All right, go ahead and... Hello and welcome to the Aspiring Songs Podcast. Yes. I am Greg. This is John. Yes. And we're doing a first here, actually. Um, over the course of um, two years, <laughs> this is the first. We're actually recording together in person. Yeah, we've never done that before, believe no. it or not. So yeah, let's clink glasses here. Gorgeous, gorgeous. I know. John, we did it. We did it. That was our, that was always our goal, two years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. This is the end of season one, everybody. <laughs> We're going to take a brief permanent hiatus after this. <laughs> That's what always happens, isn't yeah. it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yep. We're, so we're never going to take a break, because God knows we're never going to come back to it. <laughs> this, is, this is the only thing that's kept us going for 100 episodes, is just yeah. don't stop, regardless of how low the listenership is. <laughs> yeah. So that's, well, speaking of listenership, I do want to um, thank, because... This is the farthest you and I have ever collaborated on something. On anything. We've, yeah, that we've actually, I've actually gone this far, <laughs> over two years. So I do think we need to thank some people. Mm-hmm. One is our respective spouses. Um, mm-hmm. Your fiancé, Simon. My you girlfriend. Keep, spouse implies marriage. Yeah, you're not... Okay, yeah. all right, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm engaged, yet. but yeah, you're... Yeah. This is fresh. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait. We'll, 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 we'll exercise some patience on that, but yeah. Um, our respective spouses for showing so much patience in mm-hmm. devoting a couple hours a week to this. To allow us to do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, we have a few other people to thank. Um, the few of us who found us on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, we want to thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Zoe, Proto K, you know, just give you a little shout out there. So. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to us mm-hmm. and, and yeah. staying by us. Mm-hmm. Who knows if you even still listen. But you know I, I, I still follow us on yeah. Twitter, so yeah. mm-hmm. you're, you're doing the Lord's work. Thank mm-hmm. you. So we're going to do something a little special here today. Yes. We're, we're not going to look at one classic movie. We're going to look at 100. <laughs> not just 100 times. Nearly 200. Because I'm assuming there's going to be some overlap. In our oh, there's going to be a lot of overlap. Are you kidding? I was like looking at my list and I'm like, well, this is going to be on Greg's list for sure. I, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that at all. Oh, okay. Um, one thing I wanted to celebrate was a little bit of diversity. Mm-hmm. I I looked at movies not just from the United States. I mean, you and I are solid red-blooded Americans. 
But I looked at movies that um, expo- uh, celebrated the global language at his cinema, mm. uh, the universal language. So, okay, all right, yeah. granted. Now, granted, not, 75% of my movies are still from the United <laughs> States. That's it. Um, between 2000 and 2010, let's be real. <laughs> well, I, I also looked at that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that came up uh, commonly on my list is that these movies made an impression on me as I was young. Mm-hmm. I think 75% of them I saw before I even graduated high school. So that well that's when you were first learning to become a snob. You were yeah, like taking was, media was, literacy classes, you were, you know, you were like you were just soaking it all in and you're like again your eyes were open. Now we're old, now we're jaded. So yep. looking back at these classes, uh, this wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. That's what I fear. Um I think there are only a few of these movies I've only seen once. Um but there are a few. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean do you feel like a, a lot of movies on your list have been repeat viewings, or I like to think so? Okay. Yeah, I, I like to think so. I like to think I like to think I support world peace until. <laughs> well, no, it's like a lot of the movies I thought about that I ended up putting higher on my list are movies that I have seen more often than once, and therefore, I think that my my opinion of them is pretty much solidified, or at least you know positive overall like I, I i can't think of any movie on my list so far that i've seen twice and i was like eh, all right it wasn't that good you know i mean granted there was one we actually watched for the podcast and the second time viewing it i was like eh, maybe it's not as good as i thought it was okay. but it's still on my top 100 so we'll we'll probably end up talking okay about it. well i'm glad you feel confident in your picks mm-hmm. because i do not oh. i i did not feel like confident at least in a lot of picks. speaking of which maybe you should look at like near misses like what didn't make our top 100s uh, a lot of Comedy. I'll be honest. Since again, I am. Since we are presenting this, I, f- I was <laughs> conscious of that. So I was yeah. like, "Well, I can't put Spider Man too." <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the kind of more superhero-y slash blockbuster stuff, I tended to nix yeah. immediately because I was thinking like, "Well, you know, it's good for a blockbuster, but you know, it's not in the pantheon of great movies." Yeah. Um, surprisingly, I think it was a lot of comedies that. I- Burped. Um, that's that champagne. Is that champagne? Oh, it's so good, you guys. I know. We're never drinking during an episode again, <laughs> ever. Um, it was a lot of comedies that, for me, I assumed were going to be in my top 100, like UHF or Blues Brothers, but they barely made the cut. They were like, oh, okay. I would say like top 120, but it's like, there, there's definitely a few comedies still left in there, but I like those were also kind of like the ones I had to like ixnay. Because okay. you want something to make more of a positive impact on your life. I think yeah. that was more of the decision making. Yeah. I'm sure it's like the Academy. Like, you mm-hmm. know, what we want this to go down in history. Like, do you want Dumb and Dumber to go down? <laughs> well, we know we know where Dumb and Dumber is going to end well, up. Let's get lessons. there. We'll get there. All right. Maybe a better example would be like Tommy Boy. Um, <laughs> is a near miss for me. Another one. Surprisingly, uh, one, a couple of movies that are probably like in the pantheon of like American cinema that I didn't consider a personal favorite are The Godfather and Pulp Fiction. Mm. Those were two like near misses. So. Interesting. Yeah. So again, those movies are undeniably great. Mm. However, if we talk about like per- personal preferences, they didn't quite make my top 100. So. Interesting. We'll yeah. argue about this in oh, a bit. Really? Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm glad because we have our top 100 list yes. right here, but we're going to do something different. John, I'm going to put a twist on you. Oh, no. Are you ready? I'm giving you my list, which yes. you haven't seen, and you're going to give me mine. Yeah, you're gonna be but I yours. was smart, and I'm just giving him my phone because I just have it on my phone. Greg gave I, me. I printed it out. Greg gave me paper like a like an old man. Like I, Exactly. I typed him out on a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> it took several drafts. There were several crumpled copies of um, 
several copies. Greg's a writer and he loves cliches. Oh, so absolutely. There's, there's yeah, at least five bins out. I'm in his apartment right now. There's five bins with, you know, expo- like, oh, they're, they're paper bags. Yeah. Or, sorry, not paper bags. Large garbage bags. <laughs> five large garbage bags filled to the brim with crumbled up pieces of paper going straight to the landfill, not being recycled. <laughs> All right, so let's let's take a look. All yeah, right. okay. We're going to only go in depth for like the top 20 because mm-hmm. I found, John, I don't know if you found this was true. Anything other outside of the top 20 is completely arbitrary. Right? Yeah, it is absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, the order does not matter. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to rattle off like uh, numbers 21 through 100. Yeah. And maybe stop at any that we find interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm looking at it here and I'm seeing a lot of overlap with me. Mm-hmm. I see uh, Napoleon Dynamite is on there. I see Team America World Police. Yeah. I see uh, The Conversation. Yes. I see Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bicycle Thieves is also on there. Now, that that one I wanted to stop on. Okay. Because I think in our recording of that episode, mm-hmm. I said it wasn't a personal favorite, but then I yeah. considered it a little bit, and it was indeed, like, I, I appreciate it more mm-hmm. on a personal level than I did when I first saw it in college. And exactly. On, upon revisiting it. So It's on my list, and it's definitely one of the better movies. We saw, let's play a clip from that episode. <laughs> and I'll insert a clip here. I and t- good. Boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have here a few, maybe, that we've seen from the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. The Seventh Seal, uh, clocking in at number 79. Yep. Uh, so that's good. I mean, that's that's the other exercise that I wanted to show here was um, what movies from the podcast actually made it onto our list mm-hmm. to determine whether the last two years of our lives have been a completely fruitless <laughs> exercise. <laughs> and that all the movies of all the 100 plus movies that we've seen mm-hmm. have not made it to our top 100. So, well, we got one here right now uh, in your list. Let's see. Where did it go? 82, well, con- The Conversation. So we've also... Yeah. Well, I saw one. that one before the podcast. Though. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. Which, by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. If you are visiting our podcast for the very first time in episode 100, <laughs> A, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> B, welcome. C, don't listen to that episode. That was our. That was by far our worst episode on the conversation, because it was like the day after Thanksgiving. We were, we were so tired. We were exhausted. Yeah. We were exhausted. I believe it's our shortest episode overall. At a, clocking in at a, at a, a torpid thirty nine minutes. <laughs> so don't listen to it. I'm I'm glad here to see already um, some from the uh, podcast. Who mm-hmm. framed Roger Rabbit? Yep. Um, I see here some comedies. Naked Gun. Princess Bride, number 98. I'm going backwards from 100. Okay. So John's list includes Who Framed Roger Rabbit at 100, mm-hmm. Naked Gun, The Princess Bride, and here in a change of pace, Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that that one will make an appearance on my list later, yep. um, but way higher than <laughs> number 97. That's fine. It, mm-hmm. it made an appearance on your list. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Back to the Future. So we're seeing a lot of 80s. This is Spinal Tap. 
Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, a lot of lighthearted yeah. 80s fare in the exactly. 90s for you. Yeah. yeah, and as we go up, we'll get into more more serious, sophisticated uh, movies. Because yeah. I'm looking at your list, and it's it's equally it's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, so you have To the Wonder as 81? Yes. Why this Terrence Malick film and not any other Terrence Malick film? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. And this is another point I wanted to bring up. Perhaps recency bias. Ah. There are some movies that I've seen recently mm. that may be a little bit fresher in my memory. Like, oh, that's great. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, see, I find myself, I think the sooner I see something, the less, the less generous I am. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's not a lot of recent. I think the most recent movie I think I have on this is maybe Lady Bird, which I think is in the top. 70 or something like okay that. Yeah. well we haven't gotten there yet instead i'm going to stop here john okay and i'm going to expose you oh dear as a virulent sexist <laughs> and a woman hater and just an enemy to to female kind all over the world you have number 90 here in manhattan oh the woody allen film that's not even the worst part <laughs> okay wait oh, till it's you see get worse. wait till you see where annie hall is oh, okay <laughs> But John, how can you su- support such a terrible, terrible person as Woody Allen by putting him in your top one? You have to separate the art from the artist. Okay? <laughs> I mean, that one is definitely by far the ickier of the movies he's done. So. <laughs> what do you mean? John, explain the plot of Manhattan. Manhattan's about an older gentleman who falls in love with a 17-year-old. <laughs> and oh boy, what? is he neurotic about it. I... <laughs> What, who could be neurotic about John? Who could capture the neuroses? Woody Allen. Who could possibly know. play that lead role? Exactly. Like, where do you think he came? Like, where do you think he buried this down? Like, <laughs> the level of empathy he must have to have to like have the hots for someone way out of his out of his age range. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so again, we're kind of separating the artist from the man. And you saw the, also this movie way before we knew the allegations against Woody Allen. No, so. that is true. I would, that was definitely not at the top of my mind. But if I have to look at it as a movie in but itself, it's a great movie. It's very well directed, greatly paced. And we'll talk about Annie Hall in a bit, which is less problematic <laughs> and a by far superior <laughs> film. But I mean, Woody Allen is a piece of shit. So I, yeah, again, if you, if you see him in the, on the street, spit at him. Um, <laughs> ostracize him from public life, please. <laughs> Along with Bill Cosby and every other person exposed by... Um, here we're getting to another theme here, John. Um, yeah. Now we got '70s movies because oh. um, following Manhattan, I see Breaking Away, mm-hmm. being there, mm-hmm. Jaws, yep, Godfather Part Two, yep, Conversation, mm-hmm. Chinatown, yep, Paper Moon, yep, A Clockwork Orange, yep, and it's finally broken up by 2001: A Space Odyssey, <laughs> yep. So we're on a run here through the '80s of '70s movies. What, well, yeah, what a, '70s was the best decade for movies, and okay. like. Maybe because my mind was all there. I'm like, all right, well, let's just group all these together. Because, mm-hmm. like, I love Chinatown and I love uh, the, um, the part two of Godfather, but I don't think I love them as much that they. 50 is kind of like the differential mark. Once you get to 50, then I'm like, oh, okay, these are these yeah. are really the good movies. These, yeah. are, the, these are the precious ones. All yeah. right, sit down, son. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you about these flicks. They don't make them like this anymore. Yeah. I believe I have Chinatown the exact same spot right okay. around there. Yeah. Um, because you really admire the craft about it. Maybe there's not a lot that you personally connect to. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned Lady Bird. Like there's a lot when we talked about it on the podcast, there's a lot that we connected to. Yeah. Also being high school students in a private Catholic high school mm-hmm. that we could kind of um, have a lot more personal connection to. However, 
like you can really admire the craft of say Godfather Part Two or say Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, which I have higher on my list than yeah. you. But that that clocks in at your list, the number eighty one. I mean, the other fun thing about looking at this list is you see the obvious ones like um, the conversation and mm-hmm. Bicycle Thieves. Like those obviously have to be on the list. But then you see the little like sneak in of the preferred <laughs> the pre- the personal preferences. Like yeah. we have a uh, Strangers of Candy, which is also on my list. <laughs> and then we have Slapshot at seventy seven. Uh, okay, so that, this is one I had to. Upon revisiting, I believe if we we saw it for the podcast, mm-hmm. and if I hadn't rewatched it, like it would be in the fifties. Okay. Instead, now it's at number seventy-seven because you pointed out kind of the problematic elements of it. Um, kind of a lighthearted view. Intentionally problematic. I, intentionally. Okay, you thought it was intentionally. I thought it was more product of the era. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and people weren't woke, as it were. Yes. <laughs> so. I, again, it slipped in my mind, but there was that, that personal connection, and we did talk through the absolutely brilliant final act. So mm-hmm. that's what really sticks out in my mind. In those moments, like the climax when he's he's literally stripping on the ice <laughs> during during the the brawl with the rifle team, <laughs> as well as the interactions, like it, like it's little moments that stick out. Okay, kind of yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned to the wonder. Like I still remember that it's sitting in a theater and still being enraptured when Ben Affleck and Olga Kirilenko are you know wandering around. <laughs> Saint Michel, like I was completely like, Mr. Malik, I'm yours. Like, take, take me anywhere. <laughs> Even though the movie winds up like them breaking up in a, in a sonic drive-in. <laughs> I believe that is also a, I, we got we pulled these lists from IMDb because we do rate movies on IMDb. Mm-hmm. I did check. I did do some different sorting. That is definitely the lowest, by far, the lowest rated movie among IMDb users oh, on my list. Yeah, it was to yeah. the wonder. And I, and I think it's probably because again, it's like. Terrence Malick again it's like very obtuse and it's very yeah. even though I think it's I think it's probably my favorite film of his because it is the most obvious like it's yeah. very much like he reads out the bible scriptures he's clearly trying to portray it's not yeah. you know it's not too complicated no <laughs> um what is the Badir Mirov complex <laughs> oh I'm gonna show my uh film bona, oh. bona fides oh, here straighten your ties folks <laughs> yes straighten your ties this this is a movie straight from college that I found via Ebert and Roper at the movies, whatever iteration of at the movies it was. Mm-hmm. It's called the Bider Meinhof Complex, mm-hmm. and it was nominated, I believe, nominated for best foreign language film. And that's where I, I and our uncle Paul like kind of find our movies. Ah. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's really like a compelling thriller. And this is another theme that comes up in my list, like what what plot lines and what kind of tastes we have. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely one of them, like big government conspiracies. Um, in this case, it's a. It was the Bader Meinhof complex was a terrorist group. Um, okay. I believe uh, Bader was a journalist, and and Meinhof was the revolutionary. I may have that backwards. Again, this is a movie I've only seen like twice, and like okay. loved both times. Yeah, so that's why it it fell around the seventies or eighties or mm-hmm. wherever it wound up. But it's kind of an obscure, like recent German movie that again got nominated but didn't win best foreign language movie Oscar. So. Mm-hmm. So it's like something that, you know, you can kind of like brag about, but yeah. I can I can definitely extol its virtues as a like great thriller, but also like one that explores the difficulty of being like a, a revolutionary group and what tactics you use to kind of okay. yeah. Oh, 
to waste our ammunition. I'm tired of this shit. You will not get ammunition for the next days. Okay. Yeah, and also coal from history. That's another thing I found. Well, you also, yeah, like now that I'm looking at it, it's in the same place as No. Yes, and which then, is a Chilean film about the, the overthrow, the democratic overthrow of Pinochet. Now, two points of contention here. I'm looking uh, at the list. I'm at the top, and I see two things I could not disagree with you more. You have at 59, Bubble. <laughs> you're, already, you're already flash flash forwarding to Bubble. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still sorting through your 70s here. <laughs> okay. But yeah, if you want to contend Bubble here. so Bubble is garbage. Cause <laughs> it's Why? Like, oh, it's true to life. It's just like real people live. <laughs> It's great. Oh my god. But then but then it falls into genre convention a little bit. And that's like when it got dateline. interesting. <laughs> like it falls into a dateline episode. Yeah, <laughs> and that's when I got invested. And before you know it, the movie's over. It's slow it slowly gets there. And it, it really time efficient at seventy three minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Steven Soderbergh, for releasing the, the not the director's cut, the ninety minutes, which would have rankled and annoyed audiences. Instead you did the tight, efficient seventy three minute cut. Okay, and here's my other point of contention. Yeah. You have Inglorious Bastards on here. <laughs> You've already made your feelings known about, if yes. you're a long-time listener, you've already made your feelings now, known about it. Nothing Bastards. against Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Like, another two movies that almost made the list were Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight. Why? Here's why. Yes, they are long. They are pretentious. They are way overstretched. Yeah. But at least they have characters you are invested in. Oh, and you're not invested in the characters of no. Inglorious Bastards. No. Are you kidding me? Why not? Because... Brad Pitt is barely in it. He's in it for like three extended scenes. And we spend like 15 minutes spending time with Michael Fassbender's character who just gets shot at the end of it. So who cares? But he's so damn charming and he's a cinephile like us, John. Did you not see yourself in Michael Fassbender? <laughs> like I did in Shame. I thought, oh, there's a man. There's a man who's also got a red blooded thirst for sex and a normal sized penis. <laughs> that that I saw myself in Michael Fassbender. I also saw myself in him, you know, and I hope he sees himself in me one day. <laughs> <laughs> No, I found it so boring and so tasteless, and I know that's kind of the point. Because like, oh, this Ooh, is uh, Grindhouse. Yeah. Like, look, I'm emulating the movies I saw in the '70s. Exactly. This is the the new mode of Quentin Tarantino to kind of get like creative craft a thrilling scene out of like two characters just sharing dialogue and like, mm-hmm. oh, one's not who they seem, and yeah. are they going to get found out? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's where this genre of his kind of started. Yeah. But you you were obviously more compelled, weirdly, by Django <laughs> Unchained and The Hateful Eight. <laughs> Which went on way too long. I will. And you don't think Inglorious Bastards is too long? It's no. almost three hours too. And because the, and Lieutenant Aldo Rain is in very little. It introduced us to Chris Fal- Christoph Waltz as Colonel Hans Landa. At least I can remember the character names, huh? Can you say the same for anybody other than Django? Uh, there's Calvin Candy. That's true. Aha, I was gotcha. going to say, yeah, Katie Schultz too. <laughs> also, Christoph Waltz's character. Damn, we should have been in Hateful Eight. Maybe that would have made that movie less interminable at three hours. How oh, no. Yeah. How dare you? It was a play off the thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing we didn't mention with the Glorious Bastards is it was the last Quentin Tarantino movie to employ the talents of the late Sally Mankin, um, mm. who died in a tragic accident. I think she kind of um, controlled some of his impulses. Oh, and okay. the movies that she edited are way better than the ones that she has not. So, okay, fair yeah, enough. So fair let's enough. pour one out for her. Yeah. But I'm to get back to your list. Yes. We, re- we did a run of 70s movies. Now we're going to do a run of movies from the aughts <laughs> in, the new, in the new millennium. Because starting at number 78, or sorry, 77, uh, mm-hmm. we have Moonlight and Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. Then the, this is this 
baffles me. The Dark Knight. Yeah. That, what do you mean, yeah? What? Yeah, John, since when are you going to be the conventional choice and follow along with the IMDb Top 250? <sighs> I mean, look, it's still pretty low, relatively speaking. Yeah, okay, that's true. And it's also not the highest rated Christopher Nolan Batman movie I have whoa, on the list. Whoa, Ooh. whoa, whoa. Yeah. Folks, 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 let's, folks. Wait, let's wait for <laughs> Batman Begins and see where it falls on our respective lists. Yes, exactly. I mean, I still have to respect the craft of it. And the other thing, too, is I obviously don't love it as much as the fanboys do. Mm. But after watching The Dark Knight Rises again. I know. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, oh like, it's far. Yeah, it makes you appreciate The Dark Knight way more. Exactly. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is paced perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to The Dark Knight Rises, which is like, all right, pay attention because we are going. Yeah. <laughs> we are not slowing oh, down. Oh, no, for yeah. <laughs> Nuclear weapons. Uh, <laughs> double crosses like eight years in the making. <laughs> so, yeah, so The Dark Knight is obviously a very good movie. And it's, I think probably one of like three comic book movies on there so it's like mm-hmm. obviously i can't deny that it's a great movie i'm not fanboying out about it i'm not gonna be like uh, it's okay. a great movie of all time <laughs> all right just being number one i'm the viewers <laughs> okay just, knows genius. <laughs> just making sure yeah all right <laughs> well because i'm surprised because it's followed by colossal which i know was your favorite movie of of that year of that respective year a mm-hmm. uh, little miss sunshine which is also in my list in a similar position yep. maybe around the 50s you have it here at 73 mm-hmm. and then the day of the earth sits still that's the breakup just era now yeah. you have kind of classic sci-fi uh, now you're in a, now with... you're in a little 50s uh, 50s <laughs> kick cuz you have uh, day of the earth sits still then rashomon hot fuzz kind of breaks it up but then you have bicycle thieves mm-hmm. um, this one surprised me a little bit manchester by the sea yeah, that one, I like that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, again, it's, it's, it's your 63rd favorite film of all time, and you're like, yeah, I kind of like it. <laughs> I mean, oh, thinking, about it, yeah. thinking about it now, I probably should have put Moonlight higher, because I think I like Moonlight more. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that one just kind of like slipped in. The wrong okay, place. Right. I should have double checked. Again, as we said earlier, this is completely arbitrary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do see. I'm glad you have Lord of War. Mm-hmm. I love. Lord I have of War. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have. I have that earlier. Again, personal connection. You and I saw that in a movie theater together. We did indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the many R-rated films. Like yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I said, "Excuse me, are you are the ticket counter? Are you 17?" We said, "Oh, we could flash our learners' permits." <laughs> oh snap! <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> We drove ourselves here in a 96 Jeep Grand Cherokee, <laughs> whose brakes just got fixed. <laughs> Following that, you had It's a Wonderful Life, and this is what... I think this, we have it in the same place. Like, you have it at 50-something, and I have it at... Uh, much, yeah, you have, you have it at 60. 60. Yeah, I have, you have it at 61. You have it, you have it at 66, yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> Yeah, that goes in the, like, there's a personal connection, but also the craft behind the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this one I'm surprised by, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Only 65. You love that movie. Here's, I no, thought that would have been, like, solidly, here's the reason. No, that was 30. more of, like, one of those movies you have to be, you have to feel like you have to be an evangelical, evangelical about. Yeah. Like, it's like, I saw it for the first time, and I'm like, you have to experience this. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I do love that film, but I that's where my enthusiasm come from, is the fact that I felt like everyone should see it. Mm. And obviously, it's in my top 100, but I can't say it's above that. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I also want to stop and point out, well, you have Strangers of Candy here, too, a little bit mm-hmm. higher than mine. Yep. Um, we can't extol the virtues of that movie enough. No, we cannot. <laughs> no, it's a, it's one of the quieter movies on our list, but mm-hmm. a hysterical comedy. 
Um, you like the TV series more, but you're not. You obviously aren't uh, rankled that it didn't exactly follow the format of the. No, TV and I show. think that's why. If you look at the IMDb listing for Stranger the Candy, the rating is probably pretty low, mm. considering. But it's probably because a you're either not a fan of the show, or b the fans felt like it did not adhere to the show <laughs> yeah. as much. So it's kind of, it feels a little more half and half as opposed to the show which is just completely bonkers yeah <laughs> but still a great like joke permitted volume mm-hmm. exactly like, yeah so <laughs> given that i do want to stop at number 60 on your list fantasia i love and, fantasia well not and well not just fantasia i mean fantasia is a, obviously a monumental achievement in animated movies of course but how many animated movies do you have on your list because i only have three oh, i have a ton you know yeah. why because i have a ton of pixar movies oh, okay all right <laughs> I think I have at least like four Pixar movies okay. on my top 100. All right. <laughs> yeah, because I, I only because I only have three. One that might surprise you. I don't know if you caught it yet. I have 60s. caught it. Yeah, and I think we're actually in the. It's yours is definitely higher than mine. Where we put it, Greg's only animated film I can see so far is probably Waltz with Bashir, which is on my list as well. But Greg's put it, I think, higher than I did. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Mine's Waltz with Bashir, mm-hmm. followed by Ratatouille, and you missed it on the last page. Oh yeah, I, I yeah I want to see if you catch it. Okay, mm. he has Jarhead on here, guys. Yeah, because <laughs> I love it when Marines yell at each other, as we'll find out later. Um, candy shirt. See, I, I put the year by the thing. You're not going to catch it. No, I don't think I am. All right, just tell me. I'm going to miss it. It's Metropolis, but not the one you're thinking of. Oh, you. Oh, oh. Okay, I this assume- may shock you. Yeah, you and I. In the magical year 2002. Yep. We went we, to a theater in Somerville, or sorry, Cambridge. It was in Cambridge. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah. And this was, again, a Richard a Richard Roper and Roger Ebert recommendation. Yeah. Actually, I revisited it. Richard Roper, I think, gave it a thumbs down. Oh, yeah, really? Still, yeah. Oh. But I think it was Roger Ebert's enthusiasm. He gave it four stars. He's the one that, like, carried yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. And and you and I were like, we have to see this movie. Mom, drive us to, <laughs> drive us to this theater our, in Cambridge. Our mother, she's a saint. Yeah, I know, absolutely. She drove us yeah. to the theater and waited outside for two hours yeah. <laughs> while we watched this Japanese animated movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is complete, complete bonkers, complete nonsense. But what did I say as soon as I left the theory? She asked me, well, what did you think? And I had to be honest. Honest, I'm like, I think that's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's still made an impression on Like, I still can't think of, I can't get out of my mind, I can't stop loving you, playing over the climax. Like, yep. We were talking earlier about... It's a brilliant film. Yeah. We were talking about prestige TV and its tendency to put, like, jaunty tunes over highly dramatic movies. This movie did it in 2001 mm-hmm. <laughs> from Japan, so... Well, I mean, that's the other problem with the movie, though, is that it came out in 2001, and the climax involves a building collapsing. Ooh, oh, bad timing. I, I, okay, yeah. <laughs> Live in Mel 
Yeah. All right, so you have a, a 30s kick here. <laughs> yep. Um, speaking of Reese's Seba, I'm surprised by Room. I know you liked Room, but like I seeing it higher? Lot. Okay, yeah. Uh, but seeing it higher is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which you are an evangelist Well, again, I think it's because Room, for. room yeah. is more uh, emotionally resonant. Oh, I As see. my list goes on, it's more of it's less of the kind of like, I mean, there's still definitely superficial stuff at the top of the list, mm-hmm. but... Um, as I went up, I tried to find something that was more like maybe made me have the feels. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, I see some feels already as we get into our thirties kick here. Mm-hmm. You have M, the Fritz Lang, you know, classic. Yep. Uh, City Lights, mm-hmm. and then All Quiet on the Western Front. I love All Quiet on the Western Front. It's yeah. a great movie. That I haven't seen it yet. So oh, look forward oh, to that. Oh, we might do that one episode. Day. Yeah, oh, let's add to the let's schedule. Tease them. Let's yeah. tease them. <laughs> Then you're back to the 2010s. You have Spotlight. I think mm-hmm. I believe in almost the exact same spot I have it. Um, yeah, I'm looking right now. Let's see. I believe I have it in the 30s. I don't see it. But oh, there it is, 35. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, I yeah. I, uh, you have it at 50. Mm-hmm. Followed by Moose Ryan's Kingdom. Um, you have Weekend on here. That's interesting because I felt like that was a. I like Weekend a lot. It was, but it's so kind of shapeless. It's a. It's so clearly an independent movie that they kind of shot. That is and, true. And you you said yourself you like a movie that reminds you of a movie and kind of like whisks you away to another world. And this is a movie that. But also, I feel like again, what makes that movie work is there's no wasted moments. Even when there is like oh, a quiet, yeah. sensitive, it's like obviously building to something else. So I I give that movie a lot of credit for that, as opposed to uh, Andrew Haig's other movies. You know, it feels like <laughs> all right, right you're being yeah, this, you're being yeah. you're being you know artsy. Yeah, yeah. let's spend five minutes yeah. like wandering the two, room. Uh, yeah, two hour <laughs> plus running times. Yeah, because it's emulating real life, guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we have to we have to look at this. Okay, so you got Jaws and Jurassic Park on your list as I do. Yeah, you know, big popcorn fair. Mm-hmm. You have Amadeus on here, which I have. You have Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Which well, concerns again, it's me. a personal connection. We interviewed our father. Yes. Our beloved father. Well, you interviewed him. My father and I aren't speaking to him. <laughs> but that's another like kind of personal connection. And also being a runner myself. So like mm-hmm. maybe. And also the religious component as well. Like really mm-hmm. gave me like a personal connection to it. So yep. I still find it incredibly compelling. Um, whereas you have. Well, I'm glad you have Take Shelter on here. That's another kind of near miss yeah. for me. Um, exit the gift shop. That's that's funny because I actually really kind of excluded, like intention, almost intentionally excluded documentaries. Um, but you could argue exit through the gift shop is not a documentary. <laughs> that is also true. Yeah, that was that one. And um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Fistful of quarters. Uh, the King of Kong. That was oh, the yeah. only other one that almost made the list for documentary. Mm. But um, okay, so but we have to talk about this. Yeah. Again, we're in the in Greg's list. We're in like the blockbuster phase. So we have yeah. like Jaws. Uh, Jurassic Park, Chariots of Fire, and then we have Forrest Gump at 55. So we're talking about emotional resonance here. Mm. Come on. When he is standing at Jenny's grave, (laughs) spoiler alert if you haven't seen, (laughs) if you're one of the four uh, humans on Earth who have not seen (laughs) Forrest Gump. When he's standing at Jenny's grave, not wondering if, you know, people have a destiny, whether it's your own will that makes it, and the birds fly away as Mm -hmm. he's walking away from the grave. Like, there's something... Like, yes, revisionist history says, like, oh, it's a little unfair to say, like, the virtuous path followed by <laughs> Forrest Gump and the, and the evil dark path followed by Jenny. You know, it's it's a pretty conservative movie, yes. Yes. However, I still, like, get choked up in those kind of moments, and that's what that's what really resonates with me. So Okay, yeah. fair enough. I mean, but you were like, 
You were complaining about me putting the Dark Knight on my list. Your list is looking almost match for match like the IMDb 200. Because I see Forrest Gump. I see traffic. I see... Well, traffic. Is traffic in the IMDb top 250? I really right don't know. Now. I don't know. It's not. It's All not. Right. Right. I could investigate, but you know yeah. I'll take your that's word for one, it. That's one... That's called trust. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's one upon... We looked at that movie for the podcast. That's one that le- leaped up about 50 spots. Okay. I was kind of like iffy on traffic, and then I revisited it, and I'm like, okay, right. this movie's outstanding. Now, Mr. here's... Sod- a... Mr. Soderbergh, you've done it again. You son of a bitch. <laughs> now, here's a surprise. This is definitely by far the best tim burton movie but i'm surprised at how high it is on your list number 44 big fish yes because it's not tim burton doing tim burton no and i can see why you like it so much because it's about the essence of storytelling exactly and greg is a screenwriter so (laughs) obviously he's like oh this is catnip Mm, yeah Yeah, absolutely so (laughs) and again those moments i believe it's a it's a trailer moment it's albert finney and billy crudup like Mm -hmm. albert finney's character is on his deathbed and he's like i'm just a storyteller and and billy crudup's like the realist like no you tell lies like you tell amusing lies Mm. it's those kind of moments that stick with me and like kind of leap out that's a if we're talking about our IMDb rating, that's a that's a near nine for me. That's why it's like literally at the top. Okay, and got like, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas you, now we're getting to our animated corner. Yep. A the Matrix, which is like oh, half animated. <laughs> it's computer effects. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> boom, boom. Take that, Wachowski sisters. <laughs> then we have Iron Giant, then Chicken Run, which yep. I'm ha- I'm happy that. Uh, I guess Ardman Entertainment is represented here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely formative for us. Chris Lewer Rabbit actually almost made the list. But really? Sadly, yeah. That was, that's in the top 150, I'd figure. Okay. Yeah. yeah oh, little, come on. You got Ralph Fiennes as the bad guy. It's nowhere nowhere no. as near as good as Pirates! <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation point. Band of Misfits. That one has an anarchic energy that I think Ardman needs. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And we'll talk about Flushed Away later. You know, it's computer animated. We'll. we'll We'll wait until Christmas for that one. <laughs> oh, the third servant mouse, eh? <laughs> Oi. Um, let's see. You and then we have uh, Waltz with Bashir, Princess Mononoke, and Toy Story, with only the Truman Show to break that. Yeah, Truman Show will make a cameo appearance later. I'm surprised Toy Story didn't make it on your list. I don't see it. Uh, no, Toy Story's not there. The only Pixar movie that's on there is Ratatouille. Um, really? Yeah, which is the Pixar movie for grown-ups. Um, I suppose. Which is yeah. why it was not represented at Pixar Fest <laughs> at Disneyland. Oh, I yeah. didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 what about the good dinosaur? That's kind of... Well, that's, that's, that's what I was going to say. Actually, no, technically Brave is the redhead subject. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I was going to say, if you go to Disneyland during Pixar Fest, all your favorite movies are represented. Unless your favorite movies are Ratatouille, Brave, and the good dinosaur. <laughs> they were all left out because oh. they were not hits. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, we have to also talk about this. You have Rudy on your list. That's basic, if I've ever seen <laughs> Basic. All right, th- th- that is not the most basic movie, because you, you will get closer to basic. Actually, no, never mind. I, I, I retract that statement. <laughs> yeah. A few spots up, we have Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, no, I thought you were going to point out Finding Forrester. No, which Finding is Forrester's like, great. I love Finding Forrester. Okay, Forster. all right. Oh, yeah. so you're not going to... Are you kidding? Gus Van Sant, give me more, please. No, I know, no, no. but you're gonna look at every column in the in the on the AV Club, and they're gonna say, "Oh, like <laughs> Gus Van Sant just imitating the success of Goodwill Hunting with Finding Forrester." They literally fit that into every yeah. news item and every column, like that stupid um, that stupid weekly column they have on superheroes. <laughs> like he, 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 that stupid author like fits in. Like 
<laughs> By the way, Gus Van Zandt was just imitating Goodwill Hunting with Finding mm-hmm. Forrester. Oh. <laughs> but there's the element of race. That's what makes it so much better. I, exactly. And Sean Connery. Oh, I mean, of course. Yeah. And you're the man now, dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and memeable, yeah. <laughs> why? What is the love between... I don't understand why everyone loves T2 so much. I Is it really that revolutionary of an action film? Here, here's what it probably is. Yeah. Um, this is another movie I saw before I graduated high school. And <laughs> there's a nostalgic bent to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's because the audience was kind of could see themselves as the age of Edward Furlong's character uh, and befriending the Terminator and finding like a father figure. Mm-hmm. And that's what really resonates with them. As well as the, the finality of the story, because it was originally supposed to end as, as the movie does with the Terminator sacrificing himself. And it feels like the story comes to a close. Got it. So maybe that's what causes it to resonate. At least with people our age. Okay. I mean... I'm, including, I, including myself. I, I'm just addition, surprised that you love it as much as you do. Well, like, in addition to it also being like a basic cable classic, it is a movie like I have to stop and watch. Oh, okay. <laughs> so right, that, is why, that is why it winds up on that list. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And then you also have... Um, you have Dances with Wolves in Munich and um, Spotlight. All I understand. And under, I understand all that. Yeah. Um, the Elephant Man, I also understand. Ikiru... Uh, let's not gloss over. That's not the first appearance of no, many, just, many films by look, the, 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 I'm not the legend, the dictator himself, yeah. Akira himself. I'm not surprised by those films. Yeah. What I am surprised a little bit by is Unbreakable, because again, that's like another like right. box office bonanza, you know, blockbuster fair that I'm kind of surprised to see. It wasn't a huge blockbuster. It's still respected today. Well, speaking of the AV Club, they all lash tongue guys like, oh, it was an early superhero movie, oh, like before before the know. trend, yeah, before the trend took hold with Spider-Man, like, <laughs> even though X, X-Men was released the same year. And, yeah. yeah. So... I I revisited it recently and yeah it was still compelling even though it is a little bit languidly paced and uh, like and oh my gosh, phenomenon so languidly paced <laughs> same thing with the uh, Sixth Sense like I get the tension behind Sixth Sense but you watch it again I don't know if it holds up yeah it, with repeat viewings as much as the original time you saw it and your mind was blown <laughs> I, you're probably right yeah now that we know who you are. I know who I am. I'm not a mistake. It all makes sense. In a comic, you know how you can tell who the arch villain's going to be? He's the exact opposite of the hero. And most times they're friends like you and me. I should have known way back when. You know why, David? Because of the kids. Yeah, it was following. It was immediately following the success of the Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that it also had a twist that probably diminished it. And something like, oh, he's a one-trick pony. He just does these slow-moving psychological thrillers with a twist at the end. So that's it. But yeah. if you look at it, it's on its own, as as it fits here among other blockbusters from the '90s and early 2000s. <laughs> My corner of the list. The the animation continues for you though. Mm-hmm. Um, at number 33, we have Up. Mm-hmm. And then we have, I'm gonna just going to jump ahead to 30, Team America, World Police. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also on your list. It's just yeah. way farther down. Oh, yeah. It's way farther down. And that was a really personal one because that was our first R-rated movie that, that we saw together. That was our first together. legal R-rated movie yeah, that first, we saw. Yeah. And 
also we were huge fans of South Park at the time, so obviously mm-hmm. we were chapping at the bit to watch the, the latest Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker joint. Yep. Following that, Ratatouille. Um, mm-hmm. You have it even higher than I do, which is surprising. Um, but we get into comedies here. Yep. And this is interesting. So at 27, we have Monty Python and the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't have, but obviously an endlessly quotable movie. So I'm I'm glad you felt like it representing it at this early stage. That one's stage. more personal because I watched it with Dad. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, and that's so that's so that's also a seminal moment. Yeah, yeah. probably same with the next movie, number twenty six, The Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the basic cable classic, endlessly repeatable. Yeah, yeah. So you do have The Godfather here. Yes, I do love the God, the original okay. Godfather, even though it is interminable in terms yeah, yeah. of its length. <laughs> I think it is still a great just perfectly encapsulated story even though it does probably drag on a little too much i think that maybe captures the epicness mm. the fact that we're following this whole generation of this family kind of fall apart and get rebuilt yeah by you know ugh, our poor our poor protagonist <laughs> as his soul is shattered <laughs> as I, he guess, goes from, I guess so yeah i i just wish we could get there sooner <laughs> <laughs> well the godfather that's why the godfather part two is so low because again, he kind yeah. of more indulges in that poor in, uh, indulgence to be like, "All right, let's spread this out for three hours." Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> and it is just a, kind of those two story. Like, it's not a rich tapestry the same way, that mm-hmm. Godfather. But anyway, yep. Um, but now they're not. Uh, we're top twenty-five at this list, John. So maybe we should All expand right. a little bit. I yeah, mean, all right, let's yeah. do it. Top. I mean, we got time, John. How much time do we have left? <laughs> we're at forty minutes. Okay. All right. Oh, great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. So we got a. Uh, Top twenty five, Sullivan's yes. Travels, which I we should probably revisit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I adore that movie. Again, mm-hmm. about a filmmaker, so of course I'm gonna. With you, it's The Godfather, followed by Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna make it appear like we revisited that from the podcast. We'll we'll check that one off. That's yep. a, that's a point in favor of the podcast. Like, Insert clip here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a point in favor of the podcast. So mm-hmm. it's, again, this maybe this was a worthwhile effort. What's the number? So, 23 for you is Annie Hall. Yep. I don't think we need to speak on... No, we've said as much as we need to on Woody Allen. You have seven. So, I admire seven. First of all, I admire the craft of it. It's the most stunningly looking kind of film. And I don't know what David Fincher was doing in the mid-90s that makes it look so much better than any movie. I will will admit that. Yeah, Yeah, he he definitely was a trendsetter in terms of the look of the film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it's it's a little too... um, Exploitative. It's a little too like, oh, like look what you're doing. It's a dark edgelordy. Yeah, exactly. Too edgelordy for yeah. me. And it, maybe that's just the time it came out. It came yeah. out in the late '90s, so it's like, oh, yeah. mid '90s, John. We're, we're edgy. Yeah. Look out! This is savvy. real. Yeah, <laughs> a year after the premiere of the Real World. Yeah, we're gonna get real here. <laughs> I do think it's the best of that genre, though. Kind mm-hmm. of the- and then at 22, though, you have Batman Begins. Yeah, which you had earlier. I kind of glossed over it. You had it at 28. So yeah. I I think it's that establishment. It, I can't believe people like the Dark... That's why I was so shocked by you having the Dark Knight on that list. I mean, mm-hmm. Batman Begins is so much better in terms of establishing a, a world that's still like gothic in yeah. a way. Um, introducing the performance of uh, Michael Caine, like in The Dark Knight, he's more comic relief, but here he has the he has the money moments. Of, yeah. Like, what do we fall so? <laughs> it's not just your name, sir. It's your father's name. Now, you pointed out it is like a little campy sort of like, and I think that's what I appreciate about it. Ten plus like, years on, yeah, yeah. Like Dark Knight is is much more serious, and again, it loses like you don't have that room like 
Christopher Nolan knows when to inject a joke when he yeah. can. Mm-hmm. And The Dark Knight, he never had that opportunity. But with Batman Begins. And the other thing, too, is the story is just such a perfect circle. Yeah. Granted, halfway through, you and you introduce the microwave thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of... I think that's one of my biggest problems with Christopher Nolan is about halfway through his movie, he introduces some kind of deus ex machina device. So yeah. like, and this will carry the rest of the plot forward. Yeah. But... Um, like the Dark Knight itself is just loop de loop de loop de loop, and it's like Batman begins is so tight, mm. regardless of you know the Deus Ex Machina. But it's like you know, I like the comment people always make about superhero movies is like there's too many villains. It's like Batman Begins has four villains, but I they do. pace them out perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> it's more like the Bond villain thing, and they're kind of like all in different tiers. Exactly. Yeah, between like Jonathan Crane being like the introduction to Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. and they're all different stages. Yeah. Falcone yeah. is put out, so yeah. then Scarecrow enters. Yeah. You know, and also it has an it has a raw idea, mm-hmm. which is perfectly delivered by Tom Wilkinson as mm-hmm. as uh, the gangster Falcone. Yeah. That's like, money. That's, you never taste the death, but that's money you can't buy. Or that's that's how you can't buy. Yeah. That's the power of fear. And it is ridiculous, like years on or whatever. But I love the histrionics behind that. Mm-hmm. So so that's where I have. So moving on to number... Well, hold on. We need to talk about... Speaking of Bond, at 21 you have Tomorrow okay. oh, Never okay. Dies. Okay. One of the most derided Bond films. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> All right. They got back to the gadgets. That's what Goldeneye was missing. Yep. I, I believe some critics have astutely pointed this out. Every Bond sequel is like a complete, <laughs> a response. A complete yeah, a U-turn from what the previous movie was. Goldeneye really rebooted the franchise with Pierce Brosnan. But it was just like a trigger-happy action movie. Mm-hmm. Here we got the ridiculous gadgets. But more importantly, a timely villain. That is true. Jonathan Price as oh, so Rupert Murdoch. Yes. So good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was like a real ultra-villain that we saw. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was so contemporary, so I guess prescient in that way, <laughs> and also the fun—the fun they injected back into it with the gadgets—is just absolutely perfect. And again, a movie that a VHS tape that we wore out from movies on video. Yep, God rest. <laughs> God rest. Movies on video. <laughs> what do I have on the list? Uh, so you have following Annie Hall, Seven Samurai. That mm-hmm. might make an appearance later on our list. All right, there you yep. go. Yep, and then. I don't have it at this high, but um, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have it higher. At number, clocking in at number 21, sunset, or sorry, clocking in at number 21, Network. Yeah. It was a tough call, because that is one of my favorite movies, and mm-hmm. definitely, I felt like it should have been in the top 20, but it, it, it barely, Psycho came into the picture, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Psycho's more watchable, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I had to put Psycho yeah. a little bit higher. Yeah. Following that, another movie you, you evangelize. <laughs> That number twenty, Sunset Boulevard. Yes, you would love Sunset Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> and where do you have from... Sun? You have Sunset Boulevard way lower. Actually. Oh yeah, around the fifties or sixties. Oh, um, so disappointing. I because there's too much Joe Gillis. Get get this chump out of here. We need more. Glory. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> he need, no she needs someone to bounce off of. I That's know, why he's true. in it so much. I know. Yeah, and he's yeah he's the one that brushes her off immediately. And she yeah, you can totally understand her shooting her at the end. <laughs> her shooting him at the end. <laughs> All right, so what? Else? Uh, so we almost have this at the exact same place. We both have Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. Yeah, you have pretty a, high. Yeah, and that's another basic cable slash VHS classic. Another mm-hmm. VHS tape that we owned and like wore out. You can come in anywhere, and it's yeah. the most compelling. Like I think it finally kind of brings it together. You had Raiders of the Lost Ark earlier. Yeah, 
I, I, Raiders of the Lost Ark is good, but I think this one actually just hones everything about that series yeah. and makes it all the better. I know that's like sacrilege to a lot of people right, saying yeah. that, but I like, look, we love Sean Connery. Sean yeah, Connery yeah, makes yeah, everything better. Yeah. <laughs> and as another movie critic, the the inimitable Harry Plinkett <laughs> pointed out, like, who should who should get the better of Indiana Jones? Of course it's going to be a hot girl. Like, I'm just tighter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so to have that kind of similar bond set up, like, the, mm-hmm. the tiers of villains, sort of, yep. and, the, and the, the ones that can kind of seduce him to the dark side. Yeah. Including Walter Donovan in that, in that great accent. Legendary accent. <laughs> Walter Donovan. <laughs> we must have these pages now. <laughs> Henry Jones Jr. Like Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. Maybe go home now, please. The dog? <laughs> you are named after the dog? <laughs> Got a lot of fond memories of that dog. Ready? Ready? Indy! Henry! Follow me! I know the way! Ha! got lost in his own museum, huh? Uh-huh. After you, Junior. Yes, sir. So, you have two movies here that I had on my list as well, but you have them much higher. Yeah. Uh, Hot Fuzz at number 18. Yeah, which was came along at like kind of a hugely compelling time i just love how the story is structured and how well they blend genres mm-hmm. um edgar i can't do it regardless of what you think of baby driver or yeah <laughs> scott pilgrim versus the world with simon Pegg, they perfectly blended this incredible you know they put together these three pieces of a british comedy yeah and agatha christie mystery and mm-hmm. then a ridiculous action movie. <laughs> and that's what i think that's like, like when it does turn to that third act. Also horror. That. Like again, oh, like yeah. when like, the murder mystery actually happens, it's more of a horror movie oh, yeah, than like a murder grotesque. mystery. Yeah. <laughs> it's very grotesque. So like once it finally does kick in and you shoot your load on that final. <laughs> and again, brings everything full circle. Everything yeah. is called back. Mm-hmm. Like every yeah. line is perfectly yeah, so, synced. Yeah, yeah, so it's utterly perfect. Like mm-hmm. even though we both have Shaun of the Dead earlier, I think Hot Fuzz is like the... Kind of more complete, maybe less satisfying on a liminal level that you do have to wait until the third act until it finally exactly. the action movie parody kind of comes to the fore. But. Well, I put I put Shaun of the Dead on my list, and I think I put it higher as Hot Fuzz because for me, Shaun of the Dead is two great acts in a middling finale, mm. whereas Hot Fuzz is kind of like not middling, but like two kind of acts where you don't realize where they're going and then just a balls out perfect yeah. finale. <laughs> <laughs> so just by simple math, I have to rate Shaun of the Dead better. Now, how do you feel about number, well, 19, or sorry, I've got to get these numbers right. You didn't put the numbers on here. So I know, that's... I know. All right, fine. Look, you're just going to have to figure it yeah. out. <laughs> just add so minus number 19. one. Just minus yeah, one. Yeah, all right. <laughs> number 19, I'm happy we revisited for the podcast, Amadeus. Yep. Yeah. Again, you, have sup- you have it pretty high. Yeah, yeah, I have it higher around the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, again, another one of the check marks for the podcast. Yep. Uh, again, I'm surprised it's not higher because of your love for classical music and well, there's but, a lot of movies up there that's that's really hard to figure out. Okay, because, okay. yeah. And following that, we have another animated movie, The Incredibles. Now, what about that, like, really? It's of... just so perfect. Every <laughs> I went to, like, Six Flags recently, and just, like, I was ruminating on it. It's just, it, it, it condenses everything you could ever possibly love about superhero genre together. Mm. 
And then on top of that, it's also a great Bond movie because it's also yeah, like sure. a super spy movie. Yeah. You've got that score by Michael Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah. And it's just like, it's such a tight screenplay. All the characters are so drawn out. Like, it just, I mean, besides the problematic random <laughs> yeah, kind <idea>. of philosophy <laughs> behind it, it's just like, it's the only Pixar movie that feels like it is so of a singular voice. That and too, yeah. Uh, besides, we'll get to it. Besides one other Pixar movie, I think it's just so perfect on mm. every single level, yeah. and it's the only one I think they've ever done outside of kind of the Disney umbrella. Because in between them making that one, Disney was like still kind of like figuring out what they're gonna do with Pixar. Yeah, which they is were so playing bizarre because footsie, yeah, they were playing footsie. Like Disney didn't have a full ownership stake in them; they mm-hmm. were releasing their movies. But yeah. It's, so it also and, like people people die and <laughs> yeah so it, it it's still family friendly but yeah. it's also like you feel the stakes like there's mm-hmm. literally a moment where she takes her children aside it's like these people will kill you give yeah. them a chance <laughs> like be careful yeah <laughs> which speaking of a personal connection you and I grew up watching these superhero like cartoon shows like mm-hmm. the, the animated Batman series the animated Super Superman series Batman Beyond like none of them nobody died in them like you always felt like safe yeah. and to like see. As we're growing up, like watching this movie, I'm like, suddenly there's a personal connection there that kind of like, okay, yeah, now I'm feeling the stakes of the story, which maybe you didn't feel until in Toy Story 3 when they descend down the pit of hell. (laughs) (laughs) But following that at number 17, you have another near miss for my top 100, but I'm glad you recognized it, and that's The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. So I have, I'm actually disappointed that there's no Star Wars films on your list. Because <laughs> I'm a grown-up, alright? I have Oh, foreign, excuse me? I have foreign movies. <laughs> excuse me? Let's talk about number 11. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. <laughs> I do, let's not jump ahead there, okay? <laughs> We're only at number Adult. 17, yeah. yeah. Well, no, you have you have the obvious ones. You have Babe here, which is very clearly a great movie, one yeah. of the best picture. Yeah. Um, Speaking of nostalgia, like kind yep. of like, I'm well, I'm glad you have Empire Strikes Back because I saw it as a kid and I'm like, this movie's terrible. There's there's no ending. There's it's sad. No, and dour, like, and, and that's yeah, that's there's, not, there's a romance like cooties, gross. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely rate it lowest of the original trilogy. Obviously, I still love it because it's yeah. part of the original trilogy. But I rate it the lowest because again, I was a kid when I watched it, mm-hmm. and obviously, as a grown up now, I can appreciate the storytelling that they're dealing with now. But like as a kid, I was like, "Where are the aliens? Where's the Where's the cantina scene? Where's the Ewoks? I like the Ewoks. The Ewoks are cute." <laughs> well, now I see where the Ewoks will land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry to disappoint you, Star Wars nerds. But yeah. the, the Empire Strikes Back is not John's favorite Star Wars movie. No. But you have, I think we have Citizen Kane at the same point because you have it at fifteen. Where do I have it? Eight, literally fifteen. There you go. The exact same point. Boom! Boom! High five! Nice. <laughs> Now, before that, you have a movie that you like a little bit more than I do, according to this list. Again, like like it's not completely arbitrary, <laughs> but that's there will be blood, mm-hmm. which I am disappointed to know that you put it so low, at a lowly twenty nine. <laughs> How dare you? Speaking of movies that can be a little slow, but in terms of again the, the grand idea behind it, you know, yes. capitalism versus religion, <laughs> or let's say two versions of power in American that is society. <laughs> And again, the the incredible, powerful performances by Daniel Day Lewis, Paul Dano, and just everybody involved, mm-hmm. and just the great storytelling by Paul Thomas Anderson. Of yeah. course, it's great. Yeah, of course. We're now not. here's here's we need to call out these two, uh, number thirteen and number twelve, because again, this speaks volumes about Greg Mantel's person. <laughs> we have Goodfellas, of course. Everyone knows Greg's opinion of Goodfellas. Yes, but then Pleasantville. 
which we've we've I think I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast because I watched it fairly recently and okay, it feels a little half baked to me. Half baked? How? I I feel like they didn't do enough with the story. They didn't do enough with the just the bizarre idea that they get sucked into a television set, a fifties TV show. More importantly, and I don't know. I feel like they didn't do enough with it. Like Don Knotts should have had more of like a kind of trickster god role to it, but instead <laughs> he's kind of just like, hey, stop messing with this and. I don't know. I felt John, like, one of the few Americans to say more Don Knotts, please. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Not enough Don Knotts. Ever. Ever. And I don't feel like the characters have enough of an arc because Tobey Maguire, you think he would be more invested in keeping the town the way it is, but it's well, really the sister so who's pushing is. the envelope. So it is, so he is. Mm-hmm. So this is where the role reversal comes in. Yeah. I mean, they're both 90s teenagers for one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing. I think this movie does appeal to teens and you need to be a teenager to kind of see it and appreciate it. Mm. And so that's when I saw it. This is another movie that like nostalgia okay. kind of poisons my brain a little bit because yeah. it is so obvious. Like no <laughs> no colored people in art. Yeah. <laughs> you may have picked up on the subtle instead of saying about the He's doing art with naked ladies. Yeah. <laughs> that's pornography. Exactly. So Obviously, Tobey Maguire's character kind of rankled by the real life of his divorced parents mm-hmm. and um, Reese Witherspoon's promiscuity. So the initial initially, Tobey Maguire is invested in in spite of, in spite of him being a '90s kid with the, his hair like combed over and the black T-shirt and stuff like that. Yeah. he is actually invested in keeping the world the way it is because mm-hmm. it's a comforting, safe world of this '50s sitcom. Mm-hmm. Whereas Reese Witherspoon is obviously pushing the envelope. That's results in people turning into turning into color like yeah being more of a reflection of real life being sexually promiscuous ooh yeah (laughs) now if you remember she doesn't actually turn to color she doesn't and as my media literacy professor explained they turn colors when they change roles Ah. and in the case of Tommy McGuire's character, I believe it's when he protects his mother, who is being, like, promiscuous. Yeah, yeah. she's so, being harassed because yeah. she's cheating on her husband. Yes, yeah. and with Reese Witherspoon, it's when she opens the book and she learns. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's when she's being intelligent. That's that's the real moment when a woman changes. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> when they decide to be intelligent. <laughs> and not just the doting housewife. Uh, <laughs> or the promiscuous whore. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Uh, Again, like it depends on our personal experience and what your appreciation is. Again, I know yeah. it's obvious. I know it's like, but at least it, it's dealing with an idea, which movies I think are sort of getting back to. Okay. Yeah. Again, it kind of comes in waves. <laughs> <laughs> I think we also have Silence of the Lambs at the same spot. I have it. You have it at fourteen. Where do I have it? You have it at twelve. So oh, okay. this is another kismet moment between yeah. Citizen Kane and Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Both extraordinary movies. Before that, you have the same Metropolis animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, go check it out again that's a hidden gem I believe yep uh, you also have My Dinner with Andre love you've My ex- Dinner with Andre yeah you've extolled the, the virtues of that movie as well mm-hmm. I'm sorry it didn't it didn't reach my <sighs> it's alright I had another Louis Malle film in there you passed over Au Revoir Les Enfants I, I, I skipped over the foreign ones if I can't <laughs> pronounce the title I'm not talking about it <laughs> so I'm I'm a little struck by number 11 what in spite of how dated that is because uh, look, it is. it's not my it's not my fault the cultural things surrounding this film. Okay, but I have to be honest. I laugh my ass off at this film almost as much as any other film I've ever seen in the theater. Okay, Silence of the Lambs is what you're talking about. No, I'm talking <laughs> no. about Borat. Colin, cultural learnings of America to make for make for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. 
which having been to a country that borders Kazakhstan is grossly offensive. Right? It's much more sophisticated than that movie makes it appear. Okay, fine. Yeah. I still think it's a great movie. I still think it has a lot to say. Like, again, we lose the satirical points of the movie, obviously, when we're all going, my life. <laughs> I disagree. I feel like we, if anything, we pull in the satirical level. When we go, my life. My name is Borat. <laughs> go on. Hilarious. People, we're bringing it back. Folks, folks, we're bringing it back. Folks. All right? It's coming full circle. Exactly. Remember Borat? We're bringing it back. Teach me how to make one. All right. What color is your suit? This what? suit is gray. Gray, I would call it blue, okay? It's gray. All right, it's blue gray, but it's, it's well, certainly it's not black, gray. right? All right. Let's say it's gray, but it's it not. It is gray. Okay, so a not joke was, I would say, that suit is black. Not. Uh, this suit is not black. No, no, not has to be the end. Okay. Okay. This suit is black, not. This suit is black. Pause. You know what a pause is? Yes. This suit is black. Not. This suit is black. Pause. Not. No, you, you don't say pause. This suit is black. That's a pause. Not. This suit is black. Okay. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not. not. Quite... I think Borat's great. I love it so much. I've never <laughs> left. I can't think. There's only one other movie I've laughed more at watching. Yeah, watching in the theater. And we'll bring it up at number 10 for me, I think. Uh, well, it's number 11. Now we're getting to the top 10. All you right. ready, bro? All yeah, right. let's do it. Let's number do it. 10 for you, mm-hmm. which I can't say I'm surprised by. Yep. Wally. Because yes. you love robots. <laughs> you I love, love stories. robots. You love stories about robots. There you go. Yeah. Even though I believe your reservation for this movie is the same as mine. And that is a cynical view of humans, <laughs> where they would just become fat and lazy, and no progress would be made. They would just desert Earth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which, granted, now at the time, yes, we can kind of believe. <laughs> it's a, it's almost a little too heavy on the message for a movie that's ostensibly aimed at kids. Yeah. But uh, that's also part of its favor. It's like the fact that it treats kids like they can handle this kind of message. So yeah. Same with Ratatouille, which was both on our list as well. So. Mm-hmm. Look, that feels like a movie for grown-ups, which stuff that kids can enjoy, I suppose. Yeah. You have a Full Metal Jacket at number 10? Absolutely. Yep. I mean, that's the first, very first movie that we profiled oh, on the podcast. So magical. Exactly. We're bringing it full circle. We're bringing it full circle. 100, 100 episodes. Yeah. But number nine is a movie I also had on my top 100 around the 20s or so. Mm-hmm. The satire, Thank You for Smoking. I love Thank You for Smoking. Yeah. Funniest movie I can say I've ever seen. I... Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. It's not funny. Haha. Sort of. Right? No. Oh, well, but it's some of the yeah. Some of the more outrageous moments, like the merchants of death. Yeah. Of, <laughs> it's in a their little, callous view. Of, a little too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Like who kills the most in a year? Like yeah. The, the war profiteer, the the tobacco lobbyist, or <laughs> the alcohol lobbyist. Like yeah. You have a uh, Fargo next, which I think I had higher. You have it only at number nine. I yeah, think I have yeah, it yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to where you have it on the list. Yes. Yeah, it's and then, speaking of kismet, yeah. Speaking of kismet, we also both have To Kill a Mockingbird in our top ten. Yes, we'll get to yours, but for number eight, you have something that might be a little problematic. Excuse here. me, it's Falling Down. Falling Down is a great movie. <laughs> and here's a, why. Who loves cultural stereotypes? Obviously John does at Borat. But and- here's the beauty of that film. Mm-hmm. He is in the wrong. He is the villain of the piece. And he does not realize it. Okay, yeah. So you're you're looking at... Some people thought an indulgence 
stereotypes. You're looking at it from his point of view. Exactly. He's the antagonist. And the other excuse you can give it is it's by Joel Schumacher and he can only do so much. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Schumacher is a good director. All right. Yeah. He gets saddled with Batman Forever and Batman for Robin, which mm-hmm. if we were doing a bottom 10, <laughs> Batman Forever solidly on the top of that, on the, on right. the, on the shit pile of that. I don't know about that. I think Batman and Robin, like, if, you, if you're looking at it at the right lens, it's like, okay, this is a good, this yeah. is a joke. Yeah. This is a joke. Holy rusted metal Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but I love falling down because, again, it's like, I don't really believe in spoilers. Like, unless a spoiler completely inverts what you think the narrative is, I don't yeah. think it's a spoiler. I don't care who dies. Mm. Like, that doesn't matter. But if your movie inverts what and recontextualizes everything you saw before it, that's brilliant. And that's totally what Falling Down does. Because it sets you up to think that this character played, uh, you know, he doesn't have a name, but his name is Defense because that's his license yeah. plate. Played Mr. Foster by or whatever, yeah. Michael Douglas. He's set up to be the good guy. He's the culture warrior. He is your matriarchal, you know, white man savior yeah. come to save the day. And no, at the end, it tears all that down. He's a lunatic. He's insane. He's the bad guy. Like, and that's why that movie is so brilliant. And probably why it's not high, you know, rated higher. Because again, yeah. we sadly live in a culture where it's like, no, you have to be this one thing. Yeah. You have to provide exactly what I expected and or else you failed. And they, they also don't acknowledge the self-awareness of it. Yeah. Because it has it does dabble in that cliche there his his opponent in the movie is played by Robert Duvall and he's the detective who's like two days away from retirement. Yeah. And everybody acknowledges that. Like, oh like oh, like it's your last day, like don't go out yeah. in the field, like don't don't take a bullet for anybody. Yeah, like yeah, because it's it's dabbling in those kind of action movie cliches. Exactly, yeah. But so it is like self-aware and I think you're right in terms of like crafting the story so I, th- and that, I think yeah maybe it doesn't deserve that re- reputation exactly that and I, but I totally understand it's like yes the fact that he goes to Korean Delhi he deals with some like Latino gangsters yeah. it can come off as very yeah, homeless yeah homeless unappreciative people yeah <laughs> yeah but again it's Joel Schumacher so, so I'll like forgive it if it were like in the hands of like a more you know handcrafted filmmaker I'd be like alright this is a little broad for you but it's like Joel Schumacher so I'm like alright you're playing in wheelhouse right, good job alright <laughs> right, so at number 7 you have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind need film. we say more I mean <sighs> no I think it's it's an absolutely brilliant film and I don't need to extol I, why it's a brilliant film <laughs> yeah do we need to explain to the internet why it's great <laughs> you have Breaking Away which I had on my list and yeah. Yeah, we well, we can't really do it for the podcast because we, we've both seen it. But again, great coming of age film. Absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and, and hugely funny. <laughs> so the, and damn it, I want American food. I want French fries. Having that, yeah, they, I believe it's gotten every accolade between like an Oscar for best original screenplay and a few other. I mean, but again, like I have to wonder, it's like, did we both see that at the right time? We both Maybe, saw this yeah. when we were in high school. And yeah. again, obviously with it resonated father, who with was, us. Who's a cyclist who adores it. Yeah. yeah. Who knows about the little 500 and all this other stuff. So exactly. Yeah. But what do we have at number six? You have To Kill a Mockingbird, which I also have. You had a number eight. Okay. Yep. And then you have a number six, Psycho, which we already talked about on my mm-hmm. list. Yeah. It's way up there. Yeah. And you can revisit that episode. John, I think we can end it there. I think we're good. Um, no, we cannot. <laughs> You know, I, th- I think we're good. I think we're, yeah. As I, as I dropped the phone, oh no, the recording's ruined. I'm sorry. Oh. Number five. Oh, okay, now, okay, let's, okay, everybody stop, all right? The number you, five. You go to a restaurant, you have a delicious bowl of soup, all right? 
This is the cockroaches at the bottom of that bowl of soup. <laughs> the number five greatest movie, Greg Mantell, erudite, film critic, <laughs> screenwriter extraordinaire, has ever seen is the Chris... Is the... Is the... Is you thought the, it was Chris Bailey. No, is the Farley Brothers classic. Dumb and Dumber. Greg, explain yourself. I will not sit here and justify why Dumb and Dumber is the most hilarious movie ever made, ever crafted. Okay? I will not sit here and have to explain myself. But listen, there was a point... It was a golden Where, era. It, there was yes, it was a golden era for gross out comedies. But there, more importantly, during the production, there was a point at which they were going to film an alternative ending, where our beloved protagonists, Harry and Lloyd, <laughs> played by Harry is a Jeff Daniel, played by Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey, respectively. Yep. They get approached by a bus full of supermodels. <laughs> you don't need to explain the anger. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> okay. And they, they originally, as originally scripted, they were going to get on that bus, but Jim Carrey said no. It would be funnier and probably more importantly, <laughs> more instructive to the plot if they were not rewarded for their stupid behavior. This is a movie with integrity. <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, this is a movie with laughs. <laughs> yep. And this is the greatest comedy. And I'm sorry. Again, I'm not going to apologize. Nor am I going to explain myself, even though I just did, and explain brilliantly why this is you know why what? this deserves to be the fifth greatest movie of all time. You know, greater you than Schindler's to... List. Greater than Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> greater than Full Metal Jacket. What do you think the chances are of a guy like you and a girl like me ending up together? Well, Lloyd, that's difficult to say, and we really don't... Hit me with it! Just give it to me straight! I came a long way just to see you, Mary. Just... least you can do is level with me. What are my chances? Not good. You mean not good like one out of a hundred? I'd say more like one out of a million. So you're telling me there's a chance. Thinking about it, you, all right, you have to give the Farley Brothers credit. Even yeah. though they do do quote-unquote gross-out comedy, it's not dated and it's not problematic. Mm. Or at least not in, you know, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Because again, they're not rewarded for their stupidity. The woman is not a prize. She is the savviest character of the movie. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, have to give it credit for that. So, yes. you're right. Is it literally number five? Five. Okay. <laughs> if we're going to accuse each other of having juvenile choices in number five, guess what's number five on John list? John's list? Star Wars. Star, Star Wars, Wars episode right. which Star Wars, John? Episode six. Episode six, Return of the Jedi. The one with the teddy bear saved the day. <laughs> you know what? It's important to the story to prove that technology <laughs> and advanced prowess means nothing against grit and a connection to nature and a connection to the force, okay? All right? Quality is not represented by who has the bigger gun, okay? Because the Death Star is the biggest gun in the galaxy and it still gets defeated. Again! Because that's the way you do a Star Wars movie. If there's not a big-ass laser, it's not a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, garbage! Because there's no <laughs> giant laser. <laughs> Number 20 on my list, but it's still garbage. <laughs> Okay, I'll order to admit, 
I do like I do like the Ewoks. Yes, the Ewoks I think are, are fun. I think our movies should have more Ewoks in them. <laughs> However, come on, number five. Yeah. Okay, this is another nostalgia trip because we wore out this VHS tape. And we as did. Well. Yeah. And again, this is original version. There's no no at the end. <laughs> All right, it was the special edition, but not like the terrible special edition. No, no, no. No blinking Ewoks. Do you remember? No, this was the only VHS tape we had of the original trilogy. Oh, really? Yeah, do you remember? You don't remember? I remember playing the the special edition a lot. No, well, we did have all three VHS tapes of the special edition. I believe we got that for a Christmas present. Although, we do have to mention this. It's most telling that the least amount of special edition edits were the... um, Empire Strikes Back, because I think he did. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> he desperately knew that that was that probably was the best, best one. <laughs> yeah, that's the best one in my mind. But again, I'm not a child, because clearly that is the best one. <laughs> so, but still, because I'm not a child, I'm not putting it in my top 100. All right, bullshit, bullshit. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Seven Samurai. Uh, obviously, great contrast, Dumb and Dumber to Seven Samurai, the Akira Kurosawa classic. And here's 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 what's disappointing me. You put two Akira Kurosawa movies next I, to each other. I can't decide. Okay, so, clearly I can decide. All right. Yeah. Seven so, Samurai is clearly superior, but you put Rashomon ahead of it. What do you mean clearly superior? Explain Seven Samurai is an epic. I, I don't need epic. I need small so many intimate. characters. I need small and intimate. I need a chamber drama. That's another thing I noticed about a lot of my movies: chamber dramas. Like really quiet, like fewer locations, no. fewer uh, uh, more locations, cast. more action, <laughs> more characters. Why am I watching a movie if I'm not getting the most bang for my buck? <laughs> oh, oh, I see. It's a consumer choice for you. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? Empire Strikes Back is so high. All right, that is clearly the consumerist's best option. Yes. <laughs> John, where are the creatures? Huh? You said there were no creatures in it. All right. There's oh, the guy with the 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 balding pattern, except it's did a I, wait, I'm sorry, I meant I meant uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi clearly oh, okay. has more right. characters. All right, I have all the Ewok plushies. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Wicket. I've got the Chief. <laughs> you got the guy, yeah, the uh, gray and black stripes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who gets shocked by R2D2? Yeah, we remember. We remember the film exactly. Everyone knows. Yeah. So you want more characters, you want bigger budget, you want ridiculous action. Is that why you have a number four, Fargo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fargo is just a good time at the movies. <laughs> Get your popcorn, stuff your face. Yeah. Just sit down for a pleasant little murder mystery. <laughs> exactly. A homespun murder story, John, I believe the tagline said. I'm, you only have it at number nine. I'm kind of surprised. Only number nine? <laughs> All right, fair enough. I, I mean, obviously it's beloved, but yeah. not as beloved as the other movies. I, I don't believe I quoted as much as I do Dumb and Dark. Okay. Well, obviously. <laughs> it's actually... You totally <laughs> redeem yourself. <laughs> All right. All right, so and also I have Ka- Rashomon at number three. You have a movie that's nearly just another Another moment of kismet we both have in the top five. Shawshank Redemption. Absolutely. Which, need we say more? It makes me feel so basic, the fact that I love this movie so much. But it is legit probably the most perfect movie that's ever been made. Definitely. Granted, that also makes it a little boring of a choice to like I, put it so high but it not, is not, not, so not boring maybe a little conventional like, yeah I, I i feel no shame in it i mean because it's not number one like it is yeah. in the i'm to be top of 250 exactly. the bastion of teenage family <laughs> <laughs> 90s teenage yeah. you know 30 year old film <laughs> geeks yeah we're all jealous of kevin smith yeah <laughs> But you have it at number three, I have it at number two. Yep. At number two, you have the third Star Wars movie in your top 20. 
As you give me a big thumbs up. <laughs> yep. Star Wars. All of them. Ep- uh, excuse me. Star Wars Episode 4. <laughs> a New, a New Hope. Hope. Yeah. We rewatched this actually went before The Force Awakens came out, which is yes, because our sister in law um, had never seen a Star Wars movie. Yep. And that actually spoke to me is like, okay, clearly there's a segment of the audience that is not being reached here. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's an audience including women. So I'm glad that the new trilogy is kind of reaching that. But like popping it in, it's just like it all, like, I really don't think it was just nostalgia. I really think it is an absolutely perfect movie. Yeah. Like the way they introduced R2-D2 and C-3PO and just their banter back and forth. Like you only understand one of the characters, but you know, the way he responds, it's like, uh, it's just a perfect double act. And it really is fascinating watching all that humanity sucked out of poor George Lucas (laughs) as he went on. (laughs) Like you were once a human, you knew how to entertain people. Yeah. And now what happened? (laughs) It drastically improved on Pond rewatching it. So I will give it that. Yeah. Yeah. But John, that's not number one. No. We have to get to our number ones. Yes. Who's I'm going gonna, Who's going first? I, I don't know. I don't have a coin that we can flip. All right. But, I, well, I'll go with your choice. I mean, we, we've already talked about my choice. Yes, because it was an episode on the podcast. Yep. Feel free to stop this episode now and go revisit it yep. and give us all the other downloads <laughs> and check out our social media channels. <laughs> but it is Metropolis. Hmm. Again, one of the most lauded and rightfully lauded movies ever. Yep. As I think we explained on that episode, you can see literally an entire influence, an entire generation of Western movies just coming, 80 years of Western movies just literally pouring out of it. And you know what it is? Yeah. One word. Epic. All right. You know how many extras they almost drowned in that film? (laughs) Come on. So many sets. So many characters. Spanning weeks at a time, yes. as far as we know. Like, the timeline is very fuzzy. But not like your boring little chamber dramas. Like, oh, this is true to life. No. Give me epic. Give me sweep. Give me emotions. <laughs> I want my characters flailing. <laughs> Always flailing. You want to make a brilliant omelet, you have to break a few eggs. In this case, eggs or human life. <laughs> Yes. Well, this is literally the most epic chamber drama you could ever do <laughs> for my number one. Yes. Again, combining Greg's love of, you know, the the possibilities of cinema, but also the intimacy. And again, we're exploring Greg's favorite theme in all the film, voyeurism. Hell yeah. <laughs> Greg's favorite movie of all time, The Truman Show. Hell yeah. Unconventional choice. Take that film, nerds. <laughs> Nobody was expecting that, all right? You're not going to find that on... The end of your top 250, except you are around the two, <laughs> 210s, though. So unconventional. Un- unconventional choice. Mm. Very true. But, yeah. I mean, we can't... Look, the IMDb list is garbage. Let's be it honest. Is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I don't know what it, what it is exactly about this film that resonated with me so much. Again, this is another film that we saw, like, as children. So it made, obviously made a huge impression on me as a child. So... <laughs> I can't, in addition to the emotional connection, the ideas it's playing, and just the craft of the movie, the brilliant, the fact that the first two thirds are as if you are a TV audience member watching it through all these hidden cameras. No, and it feels so ahead of its time, because again, this came out even before reality TV show conquered our lives, and before like YouTube and Twitch and all these like... Now you, now you're your you're own living your celebrity. Life. Yeah, <laughs> you're living your life before the before an audience of millions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Say something, goddammit. You're on television. You're live to the whole world.
In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah. It is a great film, and I think it's definitely on my top 200. I obviously don't rate it as high as you did. No, but it was there. It was in around the 80s or so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're well within your right to think it's the greatest movie of all time. I'm yeah. not going to deny that, you know, unlike you, judgmental of my Star Wars I, picks. Indeed I am, all right? I love Star Wars. How dare you? Nice. You're a child. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing we can take, sorry, there's two things we can take away, mm-hmm. is that John is a child <laughs> inside, <laughs> and that B, you have... I believe five movies from the podcast will be watched in your top 200. Yeah. I have three. Okay. Um, Amadeus, Fitzcarraldo. Bicycle Thieves. And Bicycle Thieves. Um, so if we can come to a conclusion of whether this whole podcast is worth it, the answer is a, a pretty... Clearly no. Clearly no. <laughs> yeah. Clearly Absolutely no. wasting our time. Yeah. This is we've, already, we've already found the best movies we're ever going to see. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. so All right. We'll just pack it in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> So we wasted our times and yours. Yes. So uh, again, we we apologize wholeheartedly for that. Oh well. I mean, we we can still thank you for listening. I guess. But Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Again, we made it, bro. This is the end of season one. Inspiring <laughs> snobs. High five. <laughs> Give another high five. That was really weak. So okay. All right. Another... Try again. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was a solid slap. Doing it right. Yeah. All right. John, should we drink more? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let's just let's just keep drinking. Uh, it's just too much to think about. I <laughs> drinks. <laughs> too many vodka gimlet. I Champagne. Champagne is a ticket to Headache City for me. Mm. It makes me sleepy, which means I can't drink as much as I normally would. Yeah. In addition to horse on voice for me. It's in the UK. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And, you know, social media. Follow us on Twitter. I know, it's that, you know the deal, deal by now, yeah. If this is literally your first episode, what the hell have you been doing for the last two years? <laughs> if you're like, oh, I'm going to check them out on one, episode 100, way to go. I mean, I, I think this is a great window into our personalities. <laughs> that was the whole previous All 100 right. weeks. Fine, fine. All right. Well, follow us on Twitter, follow us yeah, on Facebook. Facebook blah, yeah, Facebook, yeah, we're all there. Yeah. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we've wasted enough of your time <laughs> we've wasted enough of our time as well hey uh, think about us yes <laughs> so give us a break yes this is the one that gets us on a, on a big podcast network this is the or one or a huge platform this is the one Airwolf is gonna come and call it <laughs> exactly you guys made it 100 episodes because it's it's quantity right it's not it's not the it's all about quantity yeah it's not the amount of listeners <laughs> as few as there are again we thank you for making it this far with yes us. we're very proud yeah thank you very much yeah no we're well, we're proud of ourselves but also very thankful for you well we're proud of them for putting up with us oh <laughs> for 100 yeah, episodes yeah. <laughs> no we don't want to be condescending they're real they're, they're i know yeah they're better they're, they're better the real us. heroes it, yeah they are the real heroes they're mm-hmm. better than us in pretty much every way <laughs> of course but we also have an email if you do want to share with us your favorite movies. Yep. So please share us your thoughts, comments, and maybe recommendations for a future podcast at aspiringsnobs at gmail.com. Yeah. We'll read them on the air. We'll you know involve you guys a little bit more. I, I think they've had enough of us. We need more guests other than like our dad. 
<laughs> Dad was a great guest. How he was. You? He was a great guest. How dare you? Apologize. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, keep, keep aspiring. <laughs> Hang on. Oh God. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're terrible at this. All right, hang on, hang on. You couldn't even be bothered to have it ready. Look at you go. This is the fastest you can do it. (laughs) Watch the phone be on mute. Okay, yes, it's an ad. (laughs) Everybody, all right. John, you gotta keep vamping, all right? Celebrate good times, come on. We're gonna celebrate. We're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Celebration. Yeah, let's celebrate. There's a party going on right here. A celebration.